The first cell phone was demonstrated in 1973 by Martin Cooper. You know what wasn't demonstrated? Shared plans. Over 50 years later, you can save on one line thanks to Visible. When you switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible, you can get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just 25 bucks a month, taxes and fees included. No hidden fees. No, really. You can look around for them. They're not there. Switch now at Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms. Visit Visible.com. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Beyond, and hello everyone, my name is Jonathan Dornbush, and this is Podcast Beyond, IGN's weekly PlayStation show, where we actually, this week, are going to talk a lot about PlayStation, because, oh boy, something big happened, and we're doing a late-breaking meeting of the Midnight Society to discuss what has happened. Uh, it's so breaking, in fact, that I unfortunately wore a Nintendo shirt today. It is Luigi's Mansion shirt for a spooky shoot I have coming up, so, sorry, Shuhei. Maybe that's the ghost of Tsushima. No, Andrew, let us know if that's true. Uh, of course, though, we're here to talk about The Last of Us part two but before we get into that i am joined this week again by brian altano rap rap lucy o'brien hello and max scoville Deja vu. and a very special guest peppers peppers, peppers is here the dog Pepperino. peppers how do you feel about the delay what's his voice he thinks it's rough <sighs> uh well of course besides all of the dog puns that are probably going to come over the next rest of this episode uh, i love that we were able to get everyone together twice in one week naughtier and naughtier. Uh, you naughty dog <laughs> we're going to be talking of course about the la- max do you have one i felt like i was were, gonna say um, we got titular studio mascot naughty dog here uh we are of course meeting to talk about the fact that the last of us part two has been delayed uh it got a february 2020 release date just a month ago, I think literally a month today as we're recording, I was at the preview event for the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they announced the release date on September 26th uh, for a February, February 2020 release. Now they have confirmed it is actually going to be released on May 29th, 2020. Uh, Neil Druckmann wrote a letter that I just am going to read briefly on the PlayStation blog. He wrote, uh, after mentioning the release date change, I know. It was just about a month ago when we had our big blowout for the game, letting media play over two hours of it along with debuting our new story trailer and revealing the release date. The positive response we saw from our community was overwhelming. You can feel the energy among the team members after working on something for so many years. It's invigorating to get a glimpse of validation for all the hard work. However, it was during the last few weeks as we were closing out sections of the game that we realized we simply didn't have enough time to bring the entire game up to a level of polish we would call Naughty Dog quality. At this point, we we were faced with two options, compromise parts of the game or get more time. We went with the latter, and this new release date allows us to finish everything to our level of satisfaction while also reducing stress on the team. 
While we're relieved that we won't have to compromise on our vision, we're disappointed that we weren't able to avoid this exact situation. We wish we could have foreseen the amount of polish we needed, but the size and scope of the game got the better of us. We hate disappointing our fans, and for that, we're sorry. We hope you understand that this additional time ensures that The Last of Us Part II lives up to our collective ambition as well as our commitment to the highest levels of quality. We know the extra few months will add to what may already be an excruciating wait for all of us. We are grateful for your patience and continued support. Come next May, you will finally rejoin Ellie in The Last of Us Part Two. Neil. Um, so with that statement, I wanted to, of course, open up to all of you and ask how you feel about this delay. I did want to point out one thing for me that's really great about this statement is mentioning the fact that this is both to polish the game and make sure it lives up to quality, but also to reduce stress on the team. Right. Yeah, that's, that's I think that is, like, so healthy that that sentence was included. Um, and that, you know, we're seeing that from this caliber of a studio where people are actually going to turn around and pay attention um, it's super important to avoid crunch where, you know, where you can. And I just think it's, that was the, the best sentence in that whole statement. Um, I also think that this is a pretty like path of the course delay. I'm not worried about it at all. I think it sounds, uh, like it's going to be best for the game. It's going to be best for the team. Um, it's a healthy delay. There's a difference between a healthy delay and then a series of unhealthy delays. You know, a lot of people are sort of like, oh, this is a bit worrying. And it's like, no, 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 no. This is completely fine. This is not a Duke Nukem Forever scenario. Right. This is a small delay in order to polish the game rather than a series of studio mishaps and um, disastrous uh, comical areas, which was the story of this Duke could Nukem. be a Duke Nukem Forever scenario if this continues to happen for the next decade. Yeah, I hope they're adding a mechanic where you can pick up your own feces. Yeah, that was I, I think <laughs> one of the defining things that have been missing in Naughty Dog games. Yeah, um, no, uh, Crash had uh, like like you said, I, I think the the conversation that's happened around crunch over the last few years has been a lot more significant than I think most people gave it credit for. Mm-hmm. I think the average uh, gamer sort of looked at that and they were like. Well, this doesn't affect me. Everybody has a hard job. It's like, you're right. You do. And that should be addressed at your place of work as well. Mm. Um, if there was an industry dedicated to covering what you do for a living, hopefully those issues would come up quicker. But the fact that this conversation's come up so often and it came up with Red Dead, it came up with uh, – I mean, even since the start of this generation, uh, that game Rise was one of the first things I remember seeing on Xbox where the studio tweeted out, We've we've ordered like over four hundred thousand pizzas for everybody to eat late when they're working on our game, and everyone was like, "That's not cute. That's bad. Like you should scope your project better so it doesn't happen like that." Um, so if this means that those the people working on this game can go home and see their families and 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 husbands and wives and kids and pets, great. Like if this means that this game is a catastrophic disaster, I doubt it. So I think this is definitely a positive thing. The interesting part of this is that this means that Sony doesn't have a significant Q1 game, period. They yeah. do not have a single first-party game that we know about. So they – not first-party. They do – I we were talking about this off-air, and then I remembered because I just looked up a calendar. Uh, they do have a much smaller release in terms of audience reach, uh, Marvel's Iron Man VR. Oh, right. Which was weirdly okay. – Coming out within a week of The Last of Us Part Two. Yes. But obviously having a like big, flashy Marvel game for your VR uh, headset that will hopefully sell more during Black Friday is not a bad thing to have. Yeah. But uh, in terms of the traditional release late that we'd expect, camouflages and first party, you're right. Yeah, we are missing that. Especially for something that is, uh, you know, would essentially be a core PS4 game. And yeah. Not something that is. For part of the. Yeah. yeah. By proxy of a of a four hundred three hundred dollar hat. Yeah. 
Um, I enjoy. It, it's still a big year for Sony next year, though. Yeah, the, I mean, those two games and then Ghosts and then PS5, and that's all we know about so far. Who knows what else has come? It's really exciting. You, you played The Last of Us Part yeah. 2. You played a couple hours of it. Was there? Did you walk away from it being like, this, this game is really missing in quality or in polish? I mean, Ellie couldn't pick up any of the dog's poops, that's so I was really bummed about that. Uh, Tina wouldn't let me publish that piece. How are you supposed to I, clean the yard? That's terrible. It was <laughs> the number dogs. one gay mechanic. <laughs> yeah. How do you um, know that that was from the dogs? You're right. It's a pretty tough world out there. Um, no, I mean, the it clickers. felt obviously that – I don't want to know what a clicker poop looks like. The, um, the Obviously, that was meant to be a slice of the game that they polished up for us to play, certainly. But even with that in regard, it felt pretty well polished. Like if I was playing that on release of a game, I really wouldn't have batted an eye. It ran really well. Um, all of the animation looked pretty fluid. Uh, there was nothing really that gave me the sense of, oh, this is pretty far back in development. But of course, that is a small slice of the game. And maybe this speaks to, I spoke to Neil Druckmann at that time, and he was like, what you have seen is such a small bit of the game. Right. Maybe that's really true. Like, I said this is their longest game. Yeah. yeah. I, I think it's also worth mentioning that, uh, you know, of all major studios, Naughty Dog, in my mind, is kind of known for that extra level of polish. Like, I've never played a Naughty Dog game that's a bit janky or a bit, like, broken in one section. It's it always, no matter, you know, what you think of the story or the pacing or any of the other things you might want to criticize, it's always, like, their games are always at the utmost level of polish. And so I think for, you know, Neil and the team, it's it, it, they're probably polishing stuff that we wouldn't even think of like this is you know for for them it's it's that sort of 1000% thing um so yeah i i i highly doubt that this is a big kind of overhaul that they need to do it's mm-hmm. going to be just it's just it's just about cleaning it up a little yeah. around the edges I wonder if this is, I mean, obviously alleviating stress is huge and that's great that they're moving away from crunch for that and giving it the polish it needs, but also kind of getting out of the way of anything else that's happening that in that era. Like there's, we, we've got like a pretty loaded front half of, of next year. So yeah, I, I've brought up the list right now of what we know. Um, and just to quickly go through stuff that PlayStation would have, uh, January will have Dragon Ball Z Kakarot. Uh, February will include, February is actually a little bit quieter. Uh, let's see what else we now. got. Um, March is Watch Dogs. March is... Doom. So Watch Dogs got delayed this morning as well. Oh, did That's it? That's the Every, interesting thing. All, all of the major 2020 Ubisoft stuff. Yeah, so the, February okay. is now quieter than we would have expected. It still has Iron Man VR, but Gods and Monsters, which was releasing within a few days of The Last of Us, is also delayed. Okay. Um, yeah, Ubisoft this morning also delayed. Gods and Monsters, uh, Watch Dogs Legion, and Rainbow Six Quarantine. Do we know anything that's coming out like early June, tail end of, tail end of May right now? So... May, the only thing we know, the latest release date uh, for a major AAA release is Marvel's Avengers, which will be two weeks before The Last of Us. Okay. Um, right now, April, basically the second quarter of the year is Cyberpunk in April, uh, then Marvel's Avengers in May, mm-hmm. and now The Last of Us Part Two. I mean, this seems smart because you do get that you do get the stuff that was sort of the you know holiday holiday window that gets pushed, and more and more we're seeing that kind of bleed over, like we're talking about right now. Yeah. Um, and then there's always the sort of the early, the early, early fall, late summer stuff. Uh, but the first, the first Last of Us was, that was June, wasn't it? Was it was E3. Yeah. yeah. It came out like, I think. So this Friday seems like kind of aligned with that. It's, I mean, it's smart because people are maybe taking vacation or kids are out of school, shouldn't be playing the game because <laughs> it's dark. But, you know, it's, it's a good time for, for kind of also just if, I don't know, you look at a calendar and you're like, 
when is there going to be a lot of competition? It's like you own the conversation doing it that way. Yeah. yeah. Well, this is I, I think that Naughty Dog is one of the few studios that doesn't necessarily have to worry about the release calendar because their games sell tens of millions of units. They're far and away some of the best selling games on PlayStation. Um, and the PS4 has a massive install base and will only have a bigger one after Christmas. So I think that like this is they're probably less concerned about playing keep away or having to like dodge major releases. Mm-hmm. Um, the closest thing that I could see eating their lunch is cyberpunk and they'll you know, now be a month and like a week away from exactly, it. So yeah, they're, exactly. they and again, so, I mean, such different games. It's not yeah. like, it's not like there's, you know, any kind of danger of cannibalizing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Know. But for people who are like maybe limited on budget, I can see, like, I see which, yeah. which like maybe in a month I can buy one game. I get that. And uh, Naughty Dog is no stranger to delays. They, uh, Uncharted 4 was delayed, I think twice. Um, and it had including this very small, like two week delay yep. where basically they had to be like, hi, us again, <laughs> we're just pushing in a little bit. And that pushed that into May. Um, Sony has used February and May as like big, uh, landing posts for a lot of their biggest games, whether it's yeah. been uncharted, whether, uh, now the last of us, uh, horizon was a February release days gone was going to be a February release and then moved to May. So they, they very much stake out those two points of the year. What's interesting about this too, is that this essentially hypothetically delays their, sort of like soft pitched multiplayer only last of us thing. Yeah. That Neil Druckmann said that they're making that won't be part of last of us part two. That's like entirely single player thing, but they said we are going to make a multiplayer thing. Did they say anything that it was a last of us game? No, no. They just but said it was we know sort the, of implied because it was all within that conversation. Naughty Dog said we know the work we've done with the factions and how much you love factions. They've like very specifically said that, and they were like, oh, "We're excited to show you our work." It very, it very well may not be a Last of Us thing, mm-hmm. though. I think it can't hurt to be like the Last of Us colon factions to help give it a boost. Yeah, I'd uh, be floored if they didn't spend the last five years working on these assets just to like pivot and do something that's completely different than the Last of Us. I think that like that brand. That brand name has a has a ton of appeal. People played a lot of the multiplayer game the last time around, um, but yeah, this uh, unless like they're they're going to release this even closer or something like that, or have a simultaneous release for it, and that's why the delay is there. But I doubt it. Um, I I think that multiplayer thing. I'm still holding on my theory that it's a PS5. Yep. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Experience that yeah. we're going to get a little bit down the line. But mm-hmm. I did want to ask because you were talking about you know this sort of implies some soft delays. I do want to talk about what this means since we all seem to, you know, not mind this being delayed, but what this means in a larger context for Sony next year uh, and starting that off with Ghost of Tsushima. That game uh, from Sucker Punch hasn't gotten a release date yet. Uh, We just know we're sort of expecting it next year. Sony has reconfirmed in the past, you know, a couple times it is a PS4 game, so we know we're getting it for PS4, but assuming it was coming out after The Last of Us Part Two, now The Last of Us Part Two is coming out in May. Where can Ghost land, knowing that PS5 is also coming, let's say, safety guesses, November. Right. Um, that puts Ghost kind of in a hard spot where it has to be in between those two games in months where traditionally bigger releases don't come out and also anticipate a new console launch. So what, what do we think about? Well, it's in a tricky spot if it's not cross-play. Because if it is, if there is a PlayStation 5 Ghost of Tsushima, then it kind of doesn't really matter if it launches right up against the PlayStation 5, obviously. Right. Um, but... Yeah, you definitely don't want to release it in June, July. Um, I think too close to The Last of Us is just kind of like unfair to Ghost. Like, it well, it, it is fun. really unfair because this is, again, one of Sony's prestige uh, titles yeah. and it needs to occupy its own space. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, it yeah, it's in a tricky spot now. Uh, I, I mean, October, maybe. You think? I don't know. Yeah, it feels so crazy though, because yeah. it's like, why? Why would you buy a PlayStation Five? Like seriously, because you want a new PlayStation. I guess. I mean, I feel like there's that's there's there's a small group of hardcore people that will buy every console at the beginning, right? But that's not how you that's not how you make money. Like you need you need to get a much bigger strategy and get a much larger audience. If you look at something like the Wii U, when you watch the first few months of sales roll in for that thing, you're like, oh, it's gonna be all right. It's like, no, it wasn't. That was just like specifically hardcore Nintendo fans would buy everything. Just like hardcore PlayStation fans will all buy a PlayStation Five when it first comes out, right? Mm. Like obviously, and I think a lot of people listening to the show will. But the average casual person is going to look at that and be like, there's so much life left on PS4. If they're putting out triple-A first-party exclusive games a month before the launch on the previous system that still shows how much power that thing and how much life has it has left in it. Like, why why go buy a PS5? Right now, I have no idea why anybody would buy that thing on day one, aside from it's shiny and new and we feel empty inside, which are all valid. Which are all very valid. <laughs> which will be the <laughs> reason. We're all, we're, we've all been there. Yeah. This feels like a distinctly weird console generation. Yeah. yeah. Just because everything is still so... I don't know, still so sort of cutting edge in the tail end. And, and we're like, well, we're, we're pretty content. Mm-hmm. You know, everything's everything's connected to social media. The online stuff works. There's a huge library. We're getting, I mean, you can, you can, you know, get streaming games and stuff on there. There's all sorts of like, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what the big leap is, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But are, I, they gonna, are they going to be like, oh, here's Ghost of Tsushima. It's got uh, twice as many leaves. You're going to, you're like, <laughs> wow, look at that go. Because presuming like backward compatibility is there for all Sony first party games, you'll be able to play Ghost on your PS5. And if they're not doing a PS5 version, you can play it there, but it's not a PS5 game. Right. So it's, Do you think we'll see a bunch of stuff where it's like pre-order now and get, get the PS5 version for half price or something like that like some weird like are they going to charge like when you have when you have backwards compatibility like what's the what are you paying for really like an hd texture pack like Uh, 8k leaves i mean i I think (laughs) less loaded yeah we are all laughing about the leaves and stuff but like they're cool any if any game if any game would be suited to the ps5 of all of the sony announced games um Ghost it would is. be ghost, like because yeah. it is such a beautiful. I saw the when it first debuted at E3. Mm-hmm. It's such a beautiful game. I, I think when it it's debuted, stunning, and it's it it, it rely. I mean, what they they sort of their marketing so far is a lot of it is the look of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and and the textures and the what well, the, the, the fidelity the, the, the fidelity the yeah. graphics like that is such a selling point for that game. And so for me, you know, I would want to play the PlayStation 5. That, I yeah, feel like yeah, that should fair. be their flagship launch game, right? It should be, like, but like... But they I, have to still release, I think, on PS4. Yeah. Like, I, I think to ignore the 100 million people who have a PS4 who are expecting to be able to buy this game, to be like, sorry, you can't anymore. So I, the, I, I would say the big the big thing missing in this conversation right now and in all of everything we're doing and everything the audience is, is dealing with right now is we don't know what the next-gen consoles are going to bring to the table that yeah. make them such significant leaps outside leaves. of... Leaves. Lo- loading times and leaves. Loading leaves. times yeah. and leaves. And so without, big knowing, without knowing that, it's really hard to say, like, what what deserves to go there, what should launch there, mm. what, what it'll cost. Um, we can make a casual estimation that it will games will look better on it yes. yes yeah i think like last of us and ghost of tsushima will probably run better on a ps5 whether mm. that's loading times or a locked resolution or something obviously the devs will have to 
put in certain work for that stuff, but I think that will allow for those things. Yep. So I don't know what they could do to like upsell you for a PS5 version, but as- assuming it comes out still on PS4, has to fit in between May and let's say November. Lucy, you're thinking October? Yeah. Max and Brian, where do you think Ghost might land as of right now? God, September? August? Here's the thing that sucks. You can't launch a AAA first-party PlayStation exclusive game without also doing a console bundle with it, which means you are telling people front and center, buy a PS4 the day this game comes out. They always do that, though. Yeah. They always do that. They frequently, you'll, you'll see bundles where it's like, oh, yeah, uh, GTA Five, get it now. But, and then it'll be like, instead of the newest version of the, the console out there, it's always like last year's model. Yeah, you know? yeah. But it's We've seen that the, plenty of times. Imagine buying a PS4 in May of 2020 and then November comes along and you're like, ah, time to trade this in for PS5. I think some people will, uh, like not the people who are probably reading IGN every day, but yep. people who might just be going shopping for a birthday gift or something like a graduation gift. They're going to have a in great May, time too. do that. Yeah. yeah. Maybe I don't this, know. We're, we have our heads up our ass. Maybe like, this. We don't know what we're talking about <laughs> because we know specifically too much what we're talking about. Like we're too close to this. You got to kind of take a step back and be like, there are plenty of people out there who you know, they don't feel compelled to run out and get a brand new console the second it gets announced. You, yeah, no, you that's exactly what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Maybe this I, is I think the time. Yeah. Like, maybe this is the time to launch the uh, that the PlayStation 4, 4 Pro, Pro Slim, Slim yeah. that we were talking about last episode. Yeah, that's right. No, that that's would kind true. of be perfect timing. It would. It would be good for that. I, I mean, just on the note of like, there will be an audience for people buying PS4. Still, uh, Warrior sixty four tweeted earlier, not confirmed, but probably a good bet that the PS4 Holiday Bundle will include the Last of Us Remastered, God of War, Horizon Zero Dawn Complete Edition, and the like most. Uh, recent PS4 Slim edition. That's bonkers. That's do, great. Do we have any idea how much something like that would cost? No. Um, That's insane. They were selling Spider-Man and a PS4 Slim for, I think, 200 last year, so yep. my guess would be like 250 Yeah, they cleaned up with that. Um, God, yeah. I want to buy one, and I have yeah. both those things. I don't need that. That's just a great bargain. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <It's a good laughs> well, I like value. Well, and yeah. especially if you... I like PlayStation, Spider-Man, value. <laughs> <laughs> like, if you haven't owned a PS4 yet, and maybe you have just PS3, you probably didn't get The Last of Us remastered on PS Plus. You probably you obviously haven't played horizon like yep. there's so much value in that and there is an audience for that stuff that people will excuse me still be buying ps4s next year yeah but yeah it's it's a weird case i personally think the best middle ground area would be late august early september mm-hmm. um early september is where they launched spider-man last mm-hmm. year it's kind of i think august is a safe bet late and, august and then early, late august is where batman arkham asylum first mm-hmm. launched and obviously it's a very different game but like in terms of a very triple a anticipated game it still sold super well yeah i'd be interested in looking at sort of like a history of the the furthest you can possibly push a console swan song before the new systems come out it's also such a big huge f you to people going back to school yeah yeah because it's like oh time to pack up those bags and oh you don't have any time to do this thing Mm -hmm. but here's a brand new you just had six weeks of sitting around wishing you had something to do here's something to do too bad you got to get back to work. Yeah. <laughs> Most college kids don't even have TVs anymore. They just get like a MacBook. Yeah. And they just watch Netflix on their phone. I was the only kid on my floor who brought a TV to my dorm room. Yeah. And that was five years ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was very weird. Um, but I do want to ask uh, sort of to wrap things up. We were talking a little bit about it. What do we think this means for PS5? Now that we're seeing like l- a later release for The Last of Us Part Two on PS4, likely Ghost being a little later in the year or coming out very close. But these two marquee PS4 games, we're getting Iron Man VR uh, early in the year. Who knows what else may come? Like, 
do we think PS5 is going to be impacted by these delays at all? Or are they going to stick to whatever plan they have in place? No. It's just going to go. It's, I don't, it's, I mean, I assume it's going to it's gonna go when it's going to go. Yeah. Well, here's my crazy pitch. What if they delayed next gen? Nah. No. 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 The, the thing we're, I feel like we're missing, we're getting all tangled up here. And obviously they don't want to cannibalize their own sales, but sure. they get paid regardless what they sell. If they yeah. sell a PS5, they make money. If they sell a PS4, they make money. If yeah. they sell an exclusive game for either system, they make money. So it's sort of like, I don't know. These things will all happen when they yeah. happen. Also, well, the next probably... gen con- the, the next gen strategy is far more important than these, a single than the, a yes. single right. game. Yeah, well, but cause it, yeah, because that outlines their profits for the next decade. Yeah. yeah, I think they're gonna be like, hey, we have great news. The Last of Us Part Two is coming to PlayStation Five with an all new, completely happy ending where everything's fine, and then people will run out and buy it because it was it's gonna be upsetting. I'd buy it. Yeah, that. yeah. I mean, we are we are looking at a situation where within. I mean, depending on that, what their PS5 rollout is next year, we still sort of theorize it would be February based on what we saw in the last few years. Mm-hmm. Although we got a blog post two weeks ago explaining some of it. So that's always interesting. But um, we are looking at a scenario where within four weeks of The Last of Us Part Two getting released, we're at E3. Yeah. And they're on stage. And if they come back. If they that's come also back. <laughs> that's a smart thing because, I mean, assuming they do anything at, at E3, which they – might very well not. That's a time when you get mainstream media paying attention to games, and they don't care if the game that you're talking about comes out in September or November or next year or whatever. Yep. If they're like, hey, it's available now, and somebody who's normally checked out, if the New York Times is there, they're like, oh, that's, a, big, that's a huge big yeah. game of the show. Yep. It's available in stores now. Yeah. I would yep. have to assume if they're back at E3, they do have to give some precedent to, one, the success of The Last of Us Part Two at its launch for that mainstream reason as well as Ghost and PS5. I remember being extremely annoyed at, I guess it was E3 2012, that they were talking about Last of Us during their like E3 show. Because I'm like, I, I, it's, I ha- it's at home. I have it. <laughs> I want to go home and play it. Yeah. There, was a, there was a very long time where E3 press conferences were 50% victory lap. And fifty oh, percent. Yeah. Here's what's mm-hmm. next. It was so a lot much of, flexing. Oh God, yeah. It was. It's. It was all these pie charts and graphs and mm-hmm. sell through numbers and you know. Yeah. It'd uh, be like to, to commemorate selling 13 million units. We're proud to announce a brand new special edition to sell more units of. Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> okay. you have people clapping. The crowd's like, like woo! Capitalism. Which, I, I you still like, see that at every Apple event. By oh the way. yeah. They're like, we yeah. sold 20 million phones. Are people like, yeah, I love that you guys are rich and I'm not. This is great. <laughs> <They're>, the, <laughs> it's like all that. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I, I was one of them. They got a. Uh... <laughs> Tim Cook got a really big round of applause. I think it was at the Apple TV one recently where he was like, I'm not going to bore you with numbers. We're just going to get right to the shows. And the whole audience was like, thank yeah. God. Yeah. But yeah, like Sony used to, I think there was one year where they used Little Big Planet to show off their numbers. Like they mm-hmm. built a level and then slowly went through it for 10 minutes at E3 to be like, our numbers were great. And I can imagine Media Molecule would have been a bit like, oof, yeah. putting that together. Well, now in Dreams, they can make a music video that That's tells true. you how they've been performing. For uh, the the, the messaging around NextGen is going to be an incredibly delicate scenario for the two major frontrunners. And yeah. as we saw last time around, it is super easy for one of them to botch that and you know basically shoot themselves in the foot for the next six years. And so I do think that... like. They have to have – I think that, yes, there's people that will buy it no matter what, but also to really set the course in the right direction for the next entire generation to come, they really have to button that up and get that get that right. And launch games are important. Price is important. Telling people why they need this thing on day one is important, and all of that has to happen, and it also has to happen while they're servicing an audience of 100 million-plus PS4 owners who want to – 
shiv people in the neck mm-hmm. in The Last of Us Part 2. It's going to be a very interesting year to see how they balance all of those things, uh, whether they come back to E3, whether they do a PSX, and just how they tell us more about the PS5, and if we just have to wait for the new issue of Wired. Maybe yep. that's what we'll have to look forward to. But, of course, there will be a lot more to come about Last of Us, Ghost of Tsushima, and PS5 in the months to come, and we'll be reporting on it right here at IGN.com and beyond. Uh, of course, if you didn't hear the beginning of this episode, Podcast Beyond is IGN's weekly PlayStation show where we talk all about everything happening in the world of PlayStation. Sometimes I make these people guess crazy dumb trophy names and various other things. And this week we have a wonderful putt with us. I've been so distracted. I okay, missed Lucy. the last it's quarter okay. of this conversation. It's fine. Yeah, you're going to get a talking to later. You're going to get scolded by Brian because you're talking about sales numbers. <laughs> you're just like freaking out about a dog. Don't take your beautiful little puppy. I didn't know they were going to delay The Last of Us. That's why I brought my dog in. My naughty, naughty dog. <laughs> and with that, you can find us all on Twitter. Brian is at Agent Bizzle. I am at J.M. Dornbush. Lucy is at Luce O'Brien. Max is at Max Goville. And Peppers is at Aw Peppers. How many W's? Two W's. Two W's? On Instagram, though. He doesn't on use Twitter. Oh, he doesn't use Twitter? No, he's That's too probably, fragile. It's probably also, he can't write. Uh, Beyond is normally live every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific at beyond.ign.com, youtube.com slash Beyond, and all your favorite podcast services, unless news breaks on another random day, and we'll try to do this when we can. Uh, but anyway, thank you so much for listening and watching, and as always, Beyond. 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 Woof. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.